It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is Auburn's football team right now better than it was a year ago? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Ferg Friday to everyone. It's Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joins us, and we'll spend the latter part of this show talking about if Auburn was able to be rated by NCAA, yes, the video game, um, what would the starters be ranked at? Uh, we react to a story on Auburn Daily about that. But first things first, Justin, I want to talk about, you know, there's been so much conversation about where Auburn's roster is, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's a narrative that they were so close in several games down the stretch, which is hard to refute that. But is the roster at a better place now than it was this time uh, around a year ago? And I think it'd be fun to go kind of position by position and and discuss this. I, I think the natural one to start with is quarterback, right? Is Auburn's quarterback situation better than it was a season ago? Maybe not from a starter standpoint, but one through three, I think it absolutely is. Yeah, I, I would say no just because of the starter situation. Like, you yeah. don't know truly what you're getting. Like, Bo Nix established a baseline of, like, here's what you can kind of expect. He did get better last season. You could see one of or whoever starts for Auburn at quarterback could have a really good year. I mean, there's there there's not uh, I'm not doubting that at all. But what we've seen from the track record is Nick's had better numbers than both TJ Finley and Zach Calzada in the same division as a starter. And then on top of that, Robbie Ashford and, and of course Holden Garner haven't played at, mm-hmm. at the college level yet. So the depth is there. I think Brian Harson and his staff have gotten guys that fit this system, this offense more. Sure. But I think the big X factor for Auburn this season, I think it's going to be the thing like, which really makes or breaks the year is like, how good is Brian Harson and, and, you know, Eric Keesaw and this staff at doing the thing that got them to here in the first place, which is getting a lot out of guys that, you know, might not have been as highly touted as the competition, uh, especially at the quarterback spot. So, um, you know, I say no because I think you just had a baseline there with Knicks, but I think if it clicks this year, you could be better off in the future because not only do you have depth, but you got guys who are probably going to be here for more than a year. Yep, yep. I, I agree with you. I think you nailed that. I think you nailed that. I, I, I like Bo Nix as a starter, but mm-hmm. I like the depth. Uh, I like the two yeah. through three uh, a, a lot more there. All right, running back. So you, lo- you lose Sean Shivers. You add Damari Austin. Jordan Ingram gets another year in the system. You probably feel better about Jarquez Hunter, and obviously Tank is still at the top there. Do you like the running back situation better now or better a year ago? Better now, uh, just because those two guys, the the top two guys, are older. We'll see what you get out of uh, uh, you know out of a guy like Damari Austin right away. Yeah, um, I think the addition of Sean Jackson as more, a scholarship player and just more of a factor in that room is going to be big just because he can play a role. He can, he can play a role for you. you you've got another, you've got more depth. You've got a guy that you think uh, probably should have been a scholarship player coming out of high school. 
um, you know, but, you know, he bet on himself and he felt like the SEC was where he should have been. And, man, it worked. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel better about this term. I think uh, I think you can see a step forward from each of these guys. I wrote a story at the Observer recently about Jarquez and what I think about him in year two. And then I think, yeah, Damari Austin, if, if, if that combination of Damari Austin and, and Sean Jackson – uh, and Jordan Ingram, if you could find one of those guys to replace what you missed last season in, um, you know, Sean Shivers, which is really only a few touches a game. Sure. Uh, you will be, you'll be in a really good spot. Do you think somebody will have that role though? I mean, Sean Shivers during the middle part of the season there, he was just swing pass specialist, right? I mean, third down, third down back. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how Auburn's third running back will be used or could that go more towards Jarquez Hunter now since since he's um, older and more integrated into the system. Yeah, I think Jarquez was a pretty good uh, uh, pass catcher last season. Just limited, but uh, and they're obviously working on it with Tank. That's obviously one of the big things that they've been they've been trying to to yeah. you know uh, work on with him. So yeah, I think it might be something where you just phase it into a different thing. I wouldn't be surprised this year if the vast majority of Auburn's touches come from that one-two punch. That is more of the track record we have seen in the past from. A Brian Harson offense. You look at his time at Boise State. Uh, it was kind of one, two uh, at the most. Not very often did you have like they went three or four deep in terms of regular touches uh, at running back. But we'll see. I mean, they're going to need all those guys, and and obviously Hunter coming off of off of that surgery. You just wonder what you're going to get right off the bat with him. Sure, right. Wide receiver. This is a fun one for me. I mean, you look at it and you lose Demetrius Robertson. You lose Kobe Hudson. Yeah. Um, I think those are the biggest two, but you bring in a few guys. You bring in DeZalen Warsham. I don't know how much impact he's going to have this year, but a guy like Coy Moore, I'm pretty high on. I don't know where you stand on with Coy Moore, but um, I think this room is better than it was a year mm. ago. Yeah, I'm going to disagree just because yeah. of the production, the return in production coming back. I think when you look at it statistically, what you bring back at quarterback and at wide receiver is usually the best tell of what you do for, to the next season okay. that's kind of the two biggest areas auburn is like if you have doubt and there's a lot of national and regional folks and even people locally that look at it and say like, this could this could go sideways this season for auburn a lot yeah. of it comes down to that passing game now do i think that a guy like coy moore a guy like daz worsham some of these younger guys we haven't seen as much um i think javarius johnson coming back was just monster for for this team because uh, i think you're going to see more out of him this year do I think those guys could step up and Auburn be just as good at wide receiver this year? Yeah, but I think, I mean, last season having Kobe Hudson have that breakout year that he did and he had more miles left, you know, he had more years left. You lose that, you lose some, you know, uh, Shutter Jackson is going to be a good a good foundational piece for you. It's just you lose two of your top three guys. The guys you did bring in don't have a ton of experience to their name. Um, it's just a little harder to buy into it. Uh, than it was this time last year. But again, it's like Auburn's wide receiver situation last year wasn't great. And 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 I, I won't say it's definitively better, but I won't say it's a ton worse. Yeah. T to me, I'm able to make that stand on it because I believe the upside of the room mm -hmm. is more valuable than it was last year. Because, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of production Last mm -hmm. year, going into it last year either. I mean, I no, D-Rob was essentially it just because he played college football for so long. Um, now, Shedrick Jackson has more of, um, yeah. you know, more experience to his name. And then at that time, Kobe Hudson really didn't have much either. So, 
I don't know. I, I really like the upside of this room. It's just they're raw, man. They yeah. are just so raw from top to bottom. It's going to be a real test early on to see the value in getting I kill your, which yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about it all offseason about how big of a pickup he was mm-hmm. uh, as a wide receiver coach. But I mean, if, if you have a raw room of guys that are very athletic and very talented, but just need to refine their skills, you know, and, and be college wide receivers, you know, who better to teach them than a guy who did it in the league and then taught it in the league for so long. No, he, yeah. Excellent. Excellent hire. No question about it. Tight end. This one's easy, right? Well, easy. We, yeah. we got to feel better about the tight end spot. Uh, now nothing changed. Yeah. Nothing changed in that room. Uh, the only thing that really changed is you're, you're seeing Landon King play wide receiver. We didn't mention Landon there with that wide receiver room. I good, think good he's another one of those guys that could be a difference maker for you this year. But um, yeah, nothing's really changed. Everybody's coming back. They're a year older. Uh, getting John Samuel Shanker was huge because, um, you know, he's not necessarily a guy that people are going to watch, uh, you know, and say, wow, this is like a superstar type of player. He played more snaps than any other Auburn player did last season on offense outside of like some of the linemen. Yeah. He's he's super, super valuable. I think the guys around him have stepped up. I think you're going to see a ton of tight ends. You see a lot of versatility. Uh, last year was a good year for Auburn's tight ends, and I think they're they're going to be confident and, and expanded a little bit more. And to the point where losing, quote unquote, a guy like Landon, to play more wide receivers not going to affect them at all. Yeah, and even the future looks good with a with a yeah. Mike O'Reilly Ducker who's going to have a small role this year. But it's just I, like, I like I like Mike O'Reilly Ducker's game a lot. Um, me too. He is he is one of those dudes that you watch him on film and you say, okay, that's why Iowa wanted him. That's why Iowa State wanted him. These are two programs that, especially Iowa, that have done so much at the at the no tight doubt. end spot. Yep. Um, he, he he's got he's got he, he he's got to become more polished, I guess, as a blocker. But man, he's just got like the size and the power that I mean, he'll 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 lay people out, and then uh, you know, really good, really good big guy in space. Right, no question about it. All right, and then the last one, and this is the hardest one for me to answer, Jay Ferg, is the offensive line better now than it was a year ago? If anything, if if I think they're the same, <laughs> but I, I think if anything, you got to say they're better just because it's going to be another year. Um, I, I think one of the one of the more underrated storylines of this offseason for Auburn was the fact that is the fact that Will Friend's still here. I think when Mike Bobo was relieved of his duties, everybody thought he was going with him as well because yeah, those guys were yeah. kind of joined at the hip coming in. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was just the thought process for everybody. Lo and behold, Will Friend's still here. He, you know, and, and, and I say it all the time on our podcast. I know a lot of Auburn fans wanted to see them hit the reset button, go get dudes in the transfer portal. It's hard to rebuild an offensive line through the portal. You got to do it with high school recruiting and development. That happens. That's a multi-year process. It's going to be a multi-year step to get out of there. So if you wanted Auburn to be the best it can be in 2022, which is absolutely what I think Brian Harson and the staff had to have, um, bringing all these guys back, bringing all these fifth and sixth year guys back, had to be kind of the the best case scenario. The fact that they're in the system for a second year, they're another year older. I think there's a ceiling on how good this Auburn offensive line is going to be, just because of the talent level there, but experience matters a lot on the offensive line and it's hard to find any more experience than you got. And I think the continuity with having an offensive line coach back for another year in the same system will help. So all those guys coming back outweighs in your mind, the departure of Broham. Yes. Okay. Just because I mean, like, and, I, and I like Brody Sam a lot, just one guy. And then, you know, you, you lose Brody Sam at tackle. You have multiple tackles who have already played before. It's not like you're going to have to plug in True. somebody who's never done it. Right. Um, you, you have multiple options. You can mix and match a little bit, move dudes around. Um, and you know, I, I like Brady Ham a lot. Um, I like Keandre Jones a ton too. Like, I, I think there are still no some doubt. studs 
up front. They're just some dudes that just need to be more consistent. It's like it's now or never for them, but they know that. That's why they came back. Is Broham the only tackle or the only offensive lineman that left? Tayshawn Manning. Oh, yeah, he went to Kentucky. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, now we jump into the defense next. Is Auburn's defense better than it was a year ago? We'll tell you in a moment. But first, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net remains your number one source for all of your sports and betting needs. They actually just put up uh, their lines for the first pick overall in the 2022 NBA draft. Jabari Smith is the favorite officially in Vegas. He is minus 500. Chet Holmgren is second with plus 300. And then Paolo Banchero is plus 1,400. So if you feel confident about that, head over to Bet Online and put your money where your mouth is. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You can save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% when shopping for your automobile parts uh, at the local chain uh, storefronts, just go to rockauto.com. It'll be shipped right to your door. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for all your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. Check it out all for your car, truck, or SUV, right? Locked on Auburn there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Justin Ferguson, before we jump into Auburn's defense, is that defensive roster better than a year ago? How can people check out everything you have going on right now with the Auburn Observer? Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. We've got a lot of stuff up there this week. Let's see. uh, We did, I did a newsletter on Louisiana recruiting. You know, Auburn is set to have more scholarship players from the state of Louisiana this year than they've ever had on any other team in its history. Trevon Reed. Uh, doing work there Legends. Uh, but it's it's also uh, as I write in there it's also a really smart move if you're going to break into a market that's not been as successful for you in the past Louisiana's a really good one to go into um, they all can't go to LSU right. uh, so uh, you know a story about that did uh, another one of my offseason profiles on uh, basketball players um, this one was on Katie Johnson uh, a lot of people like you can check that out and then we did a podcast uh on Thursday with Bennett Durando from the advertiser where he taught us all everything we need to know about Auburn baseball heading into the weekend uh, against Oregon state. So that's a, it's a, um, a lot of fun uh, there talking, you know, I don't know a ton about Auburn baseball. I've never covered it before. So Bennett, Bennett laid it down for us. A lot of our listeners were, were wanting to, to hear some more baseball talk. So sure. Bennett was kind enough to provide it for us. So auburnobserver.com check it out there. You can, um, get a preview of all the newsletters. You can listen to our free podcast that way. And if you want to subscribe $6 a month or $60 a year, uh, gets you everything uh, you need there. And uh, we send it all to your email inbox most uh, weekday mornings at 6 a.m. Central time. Fantastic. Yeah. The, the baseball team um, did the whole reverse tiger walk thing yesterday. A lot of fan support there. There's a lot of energy around this program. There's no question about it. All right. Jumping into the defense. Let's just go start from the line of scrimmage and move back. So let's just do defensive mm-hmm. line, excluding the edge position. So just defensive tackles and defensive ends. Um, is Auburn better at this position now or, or compared to a year ago? My gut says yes, just because yep. a lot of these guys came back. A lot of these guys that a lot of people weren't expecting to come back chose to. Yeah. You you brought pretty much everybody back. And it's again, it's, it's a front end kind of thing, right? Like, the depth is not as deep as it was. You had some guys in the reserves leave. Yeah. 
Um, but you have been able to replace them, uh, some of them, uh, with some transfers. I think Jason Jones, uh, Morris Joseph, uh, definitely going to help what you lost and guys like uh, Tony Fair and, and J.J. Pegues. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Colby wouldn't coming back. He's gonna. He should have a great year. Uh, you know, I thought Marcus Harris was quietly one of the better players Auburn had last season. Um, a lot of if they stay healthy, this defensive line has the potential to be just as good as, as some of the ones we've seen from Auburn in the last few years. Maybe not the Derrick and Marlin peak, yeah. Um, but that that run that you know that Rodney Garner run of defensive lines, I think this this group has has potential to be right up there with them. It's a yeah. lot of talent uh, and a lot of experience up there. And then I think you could say the same thing about Edge, right? I mean, once it's just again, the, it's just that it's just that depth question. Yeah, and there's I think three it's of them. Shakier. It's a whole lot shakier. However, I would point out, and this is not uh, this is not something that I saw um, or that I noticed myself, but Jason Caldwell at, uh, at Inside the Auburn Tigers point out that Joe Willis was hanging out with the Edge guys, yeah. in their team dinners, you know, the unit positional unit things that they do in the summer. So it makes a ton of sense. I thought Joe, I mean, Joe was basically playing Edge. Uh, at the as 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 a blitz and linebacker guy, so um, if they can stay healthy, absolutely. Derek Hall, uh, Derek Hall, and I wrote it earlier in the offseason. Derek Hall and Ekuliota, uh, the best tag team of edge rushers Auburn has had statistically in quite some time. Um, I mean, you've got to go way way back before you get a a, a duo that was as good as just just purely coming yeah. off the edge. Um, stay healthy and and they, who they who be was that? Who was the edge rusher opposite Jeff Holland when he was here? Uh, sometimes it was Nick Coe. Um, sometimes it was Marlon, you know? Uh, so that was, yeah, it was it, back in the day when they did the, when they did the three down a buck yeah. kind of, kind of position group, it was, you, you played around a little bit. Yeah. It was Coe. Coe had that breakout year Nick like Coe. right there. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Marlon and, and those guys. Yeah. No, that, that's fun. That's fun to think about. Um, is in your, so who's the third edge right now? Is it Joko or is it Dylan Brooks? Probably Dylan Brooks just because he has more experience there, but I, I would expect Joko to be a. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Joko got out there and some some cable. I think there's, I think there's certain posi- uh certain situations. Yeah, what I was thinking of, uh, where he probably brings you a little bit more um, than a Dylan Brooks does. Right, it just just depending on what you need out there. Uh, you feel a lot better about him dropping in coverage um, if you need to, depending on what you're what you're calling up at that that time, but. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Dylan Brooks does as well. Uh, he, I've, I really, really, really like watching him. This goes back to you know I covered a high school game of his, um, his senior year when Hanley played Lynette, mm-hmm. and he looked like a grown man playing against a bunch of children. And uh, physically, he's got everything you want. It's just got to just put it turn it into experience. Yeah, right. Linebacker, I don't feel as good about the unit this year. No. It's great that Owen came back. It's great that guys like Cam Riley and I'm higher on Eugene Asante than a lot of people are and Wesley Steiner, but you lose to Kobe. I mean, and that's just a huge hole. Yep. It's a huge and hole. Chandler. And Chandler. And Chandler. Yeah, yeah, right. You lose to Kobe and Chandler. Those are two just insanely experienced guys. They played pretty much all your snaps, especially when Owen went down last year. Look, I like Cam Riley a ton. I like Wesley Steiner a ton. I like some of the pieces they've 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 built up at the inside linebacker. I'm I'm interested to see what Owen does coming back from injury because I think when he is healthy and playing at his best, he's one of the is one of the most uh, impactful defenders you can have. Um, but it's just it's the experience thing, you know. It's kind of like kind of like I was saying with quarterback and wide yeah. receiver. You can like the upside, and there's a lot of upside to like here, mm-hmm. but it's just the experience drop off is is too great for me to just feel better about the unit than it does last year. The good news is. 
what's beside them and in front of them it's gonna uh, help. Yeah. should help them out a lot. They should yeah. have a nice shell around them. Well, and you could say the same about safety, right? I mean, the safety spot is not as yeah. good um, going into the season as it was going into last season because you lose smoke. Yeah. But once mm-hmm. again, you could talk yourself into the upside of a Caden Bridges and, you know, Marquise Gilbert and, and guys like that. But until Craig McDonald the- coming in was huge. Sure. You know, you, you, do, bring, you, you do bring back Donovan Kaufman like, uh, Zion Puckett makes a ton of sense. Like, yeah, it's a good group. Uh, but, I mean, Smoke was smoke was a guy who hardly was ever off the field the last three years. So right. That's not easy to just plug and replace. Yeah, and then I guess the last uh, the last position group, um, you lose probably your best player on the team last year, uh, Roger yep. McCreary. That's, um, he allowed them to do so much defensively because he could just man up dudes or, or, or kind of cover one part of the field. And so you lose him. A um, lot of depth. Similar situation, but like you can't say it's better after you lose Roger McCreary. No, I think the thing with the defense is you feel better about the front of it. It's just can the front, which usually in college football, it can. If you're better up front, you can you can cover up some weaknesses, or I I won't even call it weaknesses. I just think some inexperience in the back end. Um, So yeah, if I think yeah, the secondary as a whole took a step back just because of the guys that you lost. Yeah. But you've got potential, you've got depth. It just is going to take one of one or two of those guys to break out. And yeah, like like I said, if if you um, if you're building a roster and say, well, you can be more experienced up front or on the back end, I would much rather take the the setup Auburn's got right now. No, I, I get it. I absolutely agree with you, Justin Ferguson, our guest today. All right, how would Auburn's projected starters be rated if the NCAA video game? came out this year we tell you the answer in just a moment here on locked on auburn today's show brought to you by built bar don't you love a chewy chocolatey brownie what about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top it's so good and what if i told you that you can have all of that chewy chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein and you don't have to feel guilty when you eat it well you need to check out built bar's latest bar the caramel brownie bar Packed full of protein, 17 grams, just 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. Sign me up for that in a heartbeat. And they've got a ton of different flavors, so they're constantly trying and rotating in and out over at Built.com, as well as other flavors like the Built Puffs or the Built Boost. They've got a ton of different things. Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait, find locked on college basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. All right, Jay Ferg, I'm going to try something that I haven't done before on the YouTube side of it. Audio. It will be the same. But I'm going to try to share my screen here, and we're going to go through this. Lance Daw, he writes for AuburnDaily.com. Um, oh, wow, look at that it technology. Did, wow, I think it worked. Um, he went through and projected if the NCAA video game was still out, what Auburn starters would be ranked. And if we don't name a player that you're interested in, I guess Lance didn't see them as a potential starter. So, Zach Calzada, Jay Ferg, 78 overall. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I, I think just in general, I want to say Lance did a really good job with these. Um, you know, as somebody who plays NCAA, like the updated rosters and stuff like that, I think the guide that he used and the and the system he used is pretty similar to what I think okay. is going to happen uh, moving forward. Yeah, that, 
you know, I, I think high 70s are guys that are starters, but not necessarily all SEC type of guys or yeah. key players or, you know, guys you feel super great about. Um, so, he had his throw yeah. power at 90. I don't love that. Um, that, that seems a little, cannon, but seems, I, seems a little accurate. high to me, but um, yeah. hey, I'll, I'll take it. I, I, I would love to see. I would love to see what TJ's is then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good point. TJ can yeah. fire that thing. Yeah, is that like a 95 throw power? I don't know. Uh, Tank Bigsby, 93 overall. That seemed a little low to me, um, but he's not a breakaway speed guy. The NCAA video game really values speed. Yes. Um, but agility, 95. Stiff arm, 90. Ball carrier vision, 89. What are your thoughts on uh, Tank being a, a low 90 player? Would have loved to see what his, like, break tackle ability is. Because, I mean, yeah. yeah, stiff arm's great, but it's just that pure just getting away from folks and, and, and running through tackles is what makes him so good. He's one of the best in the country at it. If you would have put him up there as, like, a 95 or something like that, it would have made sense just because I think he's going to end up being one of the better running backs coming into the season in college football just because of what was lost. Shedrick Jackson, 79 overall. Main trait there is an 85 speed, 76 catching, with Javarius Johnson being a 76 overall with 83 speed. Yeah, I would I would I would probably bump I would bump Javarius' speed up a little more. I think I would too. Um, but yeah, no, I think those are those are good, those are good ratings there. Coy Moore at 74 overall, with a route running being a 76, awareness 82 and catching. 77. I actually may bump his catching up. Um, a yeah, he's got, bit. he's got good hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he didn't get a billion targets at LSU, but, uh, but you know, he was very sure handed when he, when he got him uh, just a smooth player. Uh, I think, you know, I, I, I the thing with Coy Moore is like, there's nothing that kind of why I, I watch him and say like, Oh, that's a superstar. Like, right. Yeah. Like there's not, a, but man, there's just, there's just a lot of just smoothness and well-roundedness to his game where he can be a really good contributor for you. John Samuel Shanker, eighty-five overall. I like it. He's um, one of your he's one of your key players. Yep, yep. He'd have a star under him when he was running around in the game. Catching traffic, eighty-six. Awareness, eighty-eight. Speed, seventy-nine. That fits. Okay. That fits. Yeah, I'll take it. Killian Zaire is who he thinks will win the left tackle job. Seventy-four overall. Seventy-nine pass block. Seventy-three impact block. The the yeah. pass block is um is the interesting one to me. That's that's fairly decent. Yeah, and you need that at left tackle, especially. So, yeah, I think that's. I think the offensive line ones. It's like, yeah, this is a group of pretty much some seventies, which, you know, uh, it's just can experience kind of kind of went out there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is just a this is what you would see out of an offensive line that is just solid. Um. You know, and and, and you hope that guys can kind of build moving forward. Brandon Council, seventy four overall, decent at pass block, seventy five pass block, uh, sixty eight run block. Um. To me, that that checks out a little bit, or is that too harsh on the run blocking? Nah, it's, I think that's I think that's fine. Nick Brom's seventy-eight overall. I'm kind of expecting the same seventy-eight pass yep. block. Seventy awareness would be block. pretty high for him, I would think. Good point. Good point. Um, Keandre Jones, I think this is the highest of the linemen. Eighty overall pass well block, eighty-three run block, seventy-five. I think that checks out. Troxel seventy-five overall is the projected starter for right tackle. Pass block, seventy-six run block. 70. So overall thoughts on the offense. We happy with it? Yeah, no, that's a, like I said, I think he did a great job of, of getting, getting these out. Might just tweak a little bit, but it's nothing of like the overalls really. It's just, Uh, yeah, I think he nailed it. Yeah. Defensive end Colby Wood, 92 overall with a block shedding of 91. You've got to absolutely love that. He's got Marquise Burke starting a defensive tackle, 79 overall. 
very um, good an experienced guy that is not a key player but a but a key contributor so yeah i, I like that jason jones 82 overall is that a, is that is that too high of praise or do you think it uh do you think it checks out i think it's one of those things where it's like he's that big and so when you're that big you're going to get some stats that are just naturally bigger than 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 other guys who might have been smaller and so that will help your overall like his strength here is you know 85 yeah. um that's gonna help out a lot especially if you're, you're playing right. nose you're right uh it, that and his block shedding should be high. Derek Hall, 93 overall. Power yep. moves, 94. Surprised we didn't see block shedding uh, as a key rating for him. But um, 89 strength, 88 pursuit. Hard to argue with that. Yeah, no. Low low 90s is all SEC type of player, and that's absolutely what he is. Owen Papo, 87 overall. High pursuit. Play recognition is high. Hit power is high. All of those things. Um, uh, that's another one like Nick Brahms. I'd like to see a, a high awareness there, too. High awareness for sure. Um, I think pretty high in terms of coverage as well for a linebacker. Fair enough. I think he's going to make his his mark. All right. He's got Cam Riley as the other linebacker, it looks like, with a a 77 overall. Um, High zone coverage, 76. Um, Mm. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Nickel, Donovan Kaufman, 76 overall. No Eku. I noticed that. Oh, yeah. I guess not. I guess Uh, not. If Eku was out there, I would say... You're probably looking at mid 80s for Eku. That's what I'm thinking. 86, 87, something I like that. Would, yeah, I think he would be very similar to to like Shanker in terms of overall rating. I get that. Um, yeah. So Donovan Kaufman, 77 zone coverage, just, play recognition, 74. That checks out. Just a solid nickel. Nehemiah Pritchett, 79 overall, which is I would probably bump him up into the low 80s. Okay. Um, his his numbers were really good. Uh, his first year as a starter. I know last year he had to play a little bit more nickel, which his stats didn't look quite as great because of it. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think I, I, when you're looking at this cornerback room, I think Nehemiah Pritchett 100% has the potential to be like the next guy where you're like, this is a dude who might go on day two of the NFL draft. Like I think, you, you know, fall in line with Roger and, and Jamel Dean and, 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 uh, uh, you know, and I'm blanking on the Davis. Sorry, Carlton. Carlton. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he has the potential to be right there with those guys. Yeah. Um, Man coverage, I think, could be higher than 77. I really do. Speed, I love in the 90s. Press, honestly, maybe could be a little bit higher. I'm I'm, I'm high on him as Mm -hmm. well. I I agree with you, Jay Ferg. DJ James coming in with an 83 overall. That seems if you would have swapped the over, if you would have swapped the overalls for these two guys, I would have been fine with it. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. But I think DJ James is a really good corner as well. No question about it. And then uh, he's got Zion Puckett as one of the starting safeties at a 76 overall. You're high on Puckett, aren't you? I like Puckett a lot. Uh, it's just he can do some of everything at, at safety. You, it, you, you can really, you can really uh, see see the value in there. If he, if he, if you wanted to bump him up to high seventies, low eighties, you'd be okay that would with make it. sense. Yeah. yeah. Then he's got Marquise Gilbert as the other starting safety. I think the other starting safety would be Craig McDonald, but he's got Marquise Gilbert as a seventy six overall. Um, mm-hmm. Which all, all that makes sense. I think Craig McDonald should be a low eighty player. By being real with you. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. It, I don't think that, I've talked def- to you about him. I am obnoxiously high on him, Justin. Oh, he was really, high. he was really good. He had really good numbers. He's got really good uh, measurables. Um, and it, coming from an Iowa State defense that that played really well these last yeah. last couple of years. Anders eighty overall. I think that checks out. Oscar Chapman. Yeah, a little, little higher, a little higher. He's been playing football for a while. Uh, it's just like, experienced kickers matter a lot. Um, and I, I'll be interested to see where like. All SEC and all that kind of views Anders, uh, with me not knowing a ton about the rest of the kicking talent in the league. Yeah. 
than Oscar Chapman, 94 overall. <laughs> All right, why not? <laughs> well, yeah, that's fine. I'm cool with it. Whatever. Um, no, I, I thought that'd be fun. I think, once again, Lance did a good job. If you want to read that, it's at auburndaily.com. But, and, uh, hey, hey, NCAA, the new game is supposed to come out next summer. So gosh, I can't by wait. this time next year, we, we should be like getting close to a release date. Oh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Justin, one more time, how can people find you, hear you, read you, support you, all that stuff? Yeah, auburnobserver.com. Listen to our free podcast on the weekends. Subscribe for all the newsletters and the bonus podcast. Um, yeah, $6 a month or $60 a year. Follow me on Twitter, jperksonau, as you can see if you're watching. Right yes, there. yes. Uh, yeah. com, folks. Be sure to check it out. We'll be back on Monday to recap everything that happened over the weekend. Hopefully an Auburn baseball super regional win, or at least going into um, the third game of the series on Monday. We'll be back then right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.